Good evening, everybody. Shalom Aleichem. I was asked to speak tonight about the topic of the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Um, the Mishnah in the end of Ksubis writes that uh, we're all supposed to be living in Eretz Yisrael, and if a couple have a couple are married, and the husband decides he wants to move to Eretz the wife doesn't want to, so. The wife is responsible for ruining the marriage, and therefore she loses that tzuda. That's what it says in the Mishnah. So the, uh, it should be counted as one of the mitzvahs. So the Ramam wrote the Sefer HaMitzvahs. Ramam was not the first one, he's not the last one. But he has a major work, Sefer HaMitzvahs. And he lists off on his opinion of the 248 mitzvahs, and the 365 mitzvahs, what he says. So the Ramban has Hasogas. He deletes about 20 mitzvahs of the Raman, has to replace them with a different 20. He deletes about 20 mitzvahs, he has to replace them with others. So when he lists off the mitzvahs, I say that the Raman forgot to count. So mitzvah Dalit is the most famous one in the Ramban. That he, the Raman forgot to count the mitzvah that appears in the, in the last Mishnah Exodus, and it's a mitzvah minatar, it's a posseh towards the end of Kondish Bamidbar. The Pasuk says, So the Ramban says, the We should establish a Jewish government, we should put together an army and conquer Eretz Yisrael. It belongs to us. It always belonged to us in the days of Avram Avinu. We never lost our ownership. And uh, we should establish a Jewish government in Eretz Yisrael. We should live there. So the mitzvah to establish a Jewish government in Eretz Yisrael, the Ramban did count. But the mitzvah, Nishaftim, the Raman didn't count. So that's his time that the Raman forgot to count that mitzvah. It's a mitzvah manatur. So different suggestions are given as to why the Raman didn't include this in the Minyan mitzvahs. So the Knesset Sagdailo is a likut on the tour. The Bes Yosef is a likut of all the Rishonim and all Achreinim up until his time. Bes Yosef of Yosefikar lived in the middle of 1500s, and the Knesset Sagdailo was later. So it's a likut. So the Knesset suggests maybe the Ramam didn't count it. He thinks that it's only a mitzvah with the Rabbah. Very difficult. There's a famous uh, comment from Rab Kook that they quote in the biography of Rab Kook that someone asked him, how did he become so gung-ho when he, he was born in Europe and he was a rabbi in a village in Europe? And then he became uh, very obsessed with the idea of moving to Eretz. So he asked him, how did he get so... Uh, hooked on Eretz Yisrael. He says, when you read the Chumash, starting from Parshas Lech Lecha, everything revolves about Eretz Yisrael. Kol Atar Kul revolves. How can you say there's no, how can you say it's only a mitzvah in the Rabban? Doesn't seem to be correct what the Knesset of said. Most of the Achronim assume that the Ramam holds that it's a mitzvah in Atar. So how come it's not counted? So the Alinezer says that the Ramam has a klal, one of the Ramam, in the first half of the Sefer Mitzvah, the Ramam formulates 14 guiding principles that determine whether any given mitzvah belongs to Minyan HaMitzvah or not. So the Ramam's opinion is that you don't count Kefal Halav if a Pasuk appears many times, not to eat dam, appears many times in the Chumash. Not to eat Bas appears three times in the Chumash. So let's say, lo lo you're not allowed to make tmura. So Tesis has a cash on the first half in Chulin and the first half in tmura. How come you don't give twice Malkus? It should be counted as two love and we should get twice Malkus. So Rabdabala Kasalavachik says, according to the Raman, the Kasha doesn't get off the ground. 
And when you have a kefal mitzvah, the same mitzvah is repeated many times. You only count it once in the minyan mitzvah. You only give once malchus. So there's no kash. So the Abdenezer quotes from earlier svarim who come to explain other issues with the Sefer Mitzvah Ramam. Not only if you have two mitzvahs that are repetitious, even if one mitzvah leads to the other mitzvah, it's also a repetition. You don't count it twice. So the Pasuk tells us the Ramam counts the mitzvah achrim tachrimin. You're supposed to wage war against the Zionomists and wipe them out. So how do you visualize this? The Jews should put together an army. We should go wipe out the Zionomists. Then we should move back to Muncie. You wipe out the Zionomists. That we should be able to live in Eretz Yisrael. Not that we should move back to Chutzlor. So the Rambam didn't count it because it's a kefal mitzvah. It's the purpose of the mitzvah of Achrem it's a, came out the same mitzvah. So the Rambam has in other places. He wouldn't count. He would not count it as two. It's a kefal mitzvah. Others say a different suggestion on the Rambam that we have a mitzvah in the Chumash Avoisid book to come to try to become as close as possible to Hakadosh Baruch We should uh, cling to Hakadosh Baruch So the and the Gemara says. Based on Psukim and Tanakh, Kolador Bechutzlor's Kilo Eilo Eloah, Kolador Berzo Kilo Yeshlo the Jews who live in Eretz Yisrael are closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They told over the story that I already forgot which president, Begin visited the United States and he went to the White House. Who was the president? I forgot, Nixon. I forgot already who the president was. It's ancient history of him. So uh, the story goes that the president showed him that he has a uh, uh, he has a special telephone, a red telephone in his office, and he wants to talk to heaven. That's a long-distance phone, and, and it's very expensive, so he hardly ever talks on that phone. And then when the President of the United States visited Eretz Yisrael, and the Begin showed him his office, and he showed him the red phone, that's when he talks to heaven. That's a local call. It's not a long-distance. The Baruch is very close to the, to the Jews, and I saw the Baruch is very close. So many of the Farshim on the Sefer Mitzvah, the Ramam didn't count the Mitzvah living in Eretz Yisrael. It's the chalik of the mitzvah. Avoy sidbuk, if you come closer, talk about the shvuch, kolat darber tzokili yesh That's at the end of Ksubis. I had an aunt and an uncle. I had an aunt, and my uncle married my aunt. So my grandparents bought them. My grandparents bought my uncle. He had smichel from yeshiva. And uh, he named his first boy Yitzchokhanan, because he had yeshiva. He had smichel from yeshiva, so Yitzchokhanan. My cousin, Yitzhak, Yitzchokhan, he used to teach him in the college. He used to teach English. But then he moved to Eretz Yisrael, so he can't teach anymore. So uh, my grandparents bought my uncle, who had smicha, when he got married, they bought him a shas. So he and my aunt signed uh, um, a Kabbalah that they're going to try, they'll try to move to Eretz Yisrael within the first five years of their marriage, which they did. And they signed it in Gemara Ksubis, because at the end, the last two blot and Ksubis are all about living in Eretz Yisrael. So others give a different explanation. Why the Ramam? The Ramam holds also it's a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael in But the reason why he didn't count it as a mitzvah is because he agrees with the Ramban. Rabban Chumash has in more than one place that the Iker Mokam Fashmiras Kala Mitzvah is really in Eretz Yisrael. So when you, when you, Observe Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael, you're enhancing the mitzvah of Shabbos. When you observe Tefillin, when you dab in Eretz Yisrael, any mitzvah that you do in Eretz Yisrael is enhanced. It's considered a mitzvah more bishlemusa. That's like a mitzvah klolis. It applies to all the, all the other 613 mitzvahs are enhanced if you do them in Eretz Yisrael. Rav Nevin 
used to have once in a while, he used to go to Chutzlors for a family simcha, for a wedding or something, so, and then he would go back there at Sisram. So if he could, he would make cheshbonus, if he can dab in Minchet in Chutzlors before he gets on the plane, well, the plane is going to land in Eretz Yisrael before Shkia, so he would prefer to dab in Minchet in Eretz Yisrael, because any mitzvah that you can do in, in Eretz Yisrael is better. The, the mitzvah they do in Eretz Yisrael is more b'shalim wilson. You say, you can say Kiddush Levana, probably say Kiddush Levana tonight. I saw Levana as I was coming to the yeshiva. But uh, if, I, if I'm going to Eretz Yisrael next week, I should wait till next week. Say Kiddush Levana in Eretz Yisrael. That's a discussion in Akhrenim. If a child can say Kiddush Levana tonight, but he's not bar mitzvah yet. So if he waits till Shabbos, he'll be bar mitzvah. So maybe he should save the Kiddush Levana till after he'll be bar mitzvah. It's Godel HaMetzulias and Mishayim Metzulias. That's Rav Nevinsal. But always, when he would be coming back from Chutzlor to Eretz whatever mitzvah he could do either in Chutzlor or Eretz he would choose always to do it in Eretz So that these are the various explanations that they give why the Ramah didn't count it, but they don't accept really what the Knesset Sagdala said, that, uh, that the Ramah holds that the mitzvah is only with the Rabbana. That's a very difficult suggestion. Pashto says the Ramah most agrees mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. has a long children, Chelek Yeredeya, about where you have mitzvahs, hatliyas, ba'aretz. Over there he has a, a shayla. Is there a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael today? And if there is, how come the Gdoli HaChasidus didn't move to Eretz Yisrael? He was a chassidish Rebbe. So he says there certainly is a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael today. And the two reasons that the Balei is give in the end of Ksubis, that there's Sakonis Drochem, it's, it's uh, not so safe to travel. He says he, he died over 100 years ago, the Abdei he says it's pretty safe now. It's as safe as anywhere else to travel to Eretz, so that explanation doesn't apply. Then Tais has another reason why the mitzvah doesn't apply, this man said, because it's very difficult to, to observe the mitzvah. He says he writes over 100 years, it's not difficult today to observe the mitzvah. Today, for sure, it's not difficult. You have so many kashrus organizations in Eretz, so each one is better than the other one. They're all pretty good. So he said, there certainly is a mitzvah to live in Eretz. How come the Gdala Hasidus didn't do it? So he says, because the Balabatim had to make a parnasseh. At that time, over 100 years ago, if you go to Eretz, most of them wouldn't be able to make a parnasseh. So the Hasidus Rebbe would move to Eretz, he have no Hasidim to talk to, he wouldn't be accomplishing anything. He'll be living in Eretz Yisrael. And he says, the mitzvah Bishlemus is only if you live in Eretz and you accomplish something. You pave highways, or you make buildings, or you plant on a farm, or you teach Torah, you, do, you, you, you improve the economy in Eretz Yisrael. Let's say an American retires, and he has a pension, and he has money saved up, so he spends money in Eretz Yisrael, so he's helping to further the Jewish economy in Eretz Yisrael. But 100 years ago, it wasn't a Jewish economy. It wasn't a Jewish country. They were all Arabs here. See, the Rebbe won't be able to accomplish anything. He'll have a mitzvah, Shalobah Musa, of Yeshiva Beretz Yisrael. He's one of the G'dayla from 100 years ago who points this out. There's a mitzvah, Yeshiva Beretz to live in Eretz but there's a mitzvah, Yeshiva Beretz Yeshiva means to improve the highways, to improve the buildings, to improve the security, to do something, to accomplish something. So that they won't be able to do. So and they won't be able to have an influence on the on the Hasidim. So they didn't pay. So they, they did better to the live Chutzlords. Rabbi Shmuel were in Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi got smicha and Shmuel wasn't able to get smicha at that time. And they 
they both picked themselves up and they moved to Bavel because the Jews in Bavel were very religious, but they weren't learned. So they didn't know how to observe the mitzvah. So they felt an obligation to leave Eretz Yisrael and to, and to teach Torah. So the Gemara said at the beginning of Gittin, after Ravi Shmuel came to Bavel, a lot of the dinam changed about the Fanach, the Fanach, because the people were much better educated. They knew the dinam much better. They made a they accomplished a lot. So sometimes it's a, it's a mitzvah to live in chutzlords. A lot of rabbis took it into themselves that they're God's gift to the world and they're saving all the Jews in chutzlords. They have such a tremendous influence. They feel that they're indispensable. So uh, in every language they have such an expression. The cemetery is full of all of those indispensable people. They have it in German and French, all the languages. So a lot of rabbis think that without them, the whole Jewish community in chutzlords would collapse. It's not always the case. Usually it's not the case. Rav Chaim wanted always to move to Eretz Yisrael. And Rav Kook uh, knew Rav Chaim from Valoshan, from the Yeshiva. So he was, Rav Kook was in Eretz Yisrael. He was arranging. Rav Kook was the chief rabbi of Eretz Yisrael, said we're going to have Rav Chaim move to Eretz Yisrael. They had an apartment for him, had a salary, and they had a title. His title was going to be Reish Kopenei Hagoylo. Rav Kook was the chief rabbi of Arizona. Rav Chaim is going to be the chief rabbi of the rest of the world. Then the last minute, Rav Chaim backed out and they have the letter that he sent. And, um, and uh, in the letter it says he thought that to be able to function well with, without him in Vilna. And the Rabbanim said they won't be able to. So he, they insisted that he has to stay. And he quotes Rav Chaim in that letter that he sent to Rav Kook so he quotes the tshuva by the Maharam Shik. Maharam Shik was a Talmud of the Chassam Sefer. So during the lifetime of the Chassam Sefer, uh, that's when the reform movement uh, started in Germany. And after the Chassam Sefer, the Chassam Sefer was busy fighting the reform. After he passed away, then the reform became even stronger than during his lifetime. So the ones who were fighting the battle against the reform were one of his sons, the Chassam Sefer, took over his rabbonus in Pressburg, and this Maharam Shik. Moshe Sheikh, who was a Talmud of the Chassam Sefer. So he had, the Chassam Sefer encouraged every, every one of his Talmudim who took a Rabbanus, he encouraged them all, each one should found the yeshiva. And they did, and they were very successful with the yeshiva. So one of the Talmudim of the Maram Sheikh had a Rabbanus in Hungary, and he was fighting reform successfully, but he didn't enjoy it. He enjoyed learning, he, didn't, he, didn't learn, he enjoyed the politics. Many of the many of the big first reform rabbis were talmidim of the Chassam Sefer. At smichah from the Chassam Sefer, they didn't see what they were doing that was so wrong. They were just tampering a little bit with minhagim here and there, and then they changed the text of the davening because the din is that when you daven mitzvah, you can daven in translation. It's not a problem. And all the gedolim were opposed. They didn't consult the gedolim because they thought it says in Shulchanach you don't have to consult. So the Feirushah did. So the so the Mamshik had a talmid. Who didn't? He was successful in the Ramah. He didn't enjoy fighting reform. And then, in the middle 1800s, the late 1800s, he was offered a rabbonus position in Eretz Yisrael to sit and learn and to give shurim and to paskin shilas. So it's Ganeid. So he packed all of his things and he's ready to move to Eretz Yisrael. So he sent a letter to his rabbi, the Mamshik, and he gave him a bracha on the move. So he wrote him a letter which he included in his collection of Jews, Jewish Mamshik. I can't give you a bracha because he's doing shaloi kedin. That when you learned in my yeshiva, we had no right to draft you into the army 
to fight the reform. Many of my Talmudim and Yishim, many of your classmates went into business. You could have got into business also. You volunteered to go into the army, and to the army to be a general to fight the reform. That's what Rabbanus was in, in uh, Hungary at that time. You volunteered, so he has a line. The general is not allowed to leave the front, the battlefront, until every soldier is accounted for. And the, uh, and the captain of the ship is not allowed to leave the passions of the ship and, until everybody is accounted for, everyone is safe. So he says, you have no right to leave your, uh, your rabbanis, your fighting reform. If you leave, you may ruin the whole community. The rabbi after you may not be successful in fighting reform, and it will be your fault uh, if, if it, the whole community turns to reform. So he says the Chassam Seifer always wanted to... Chassam Seifer was born and brought up in, in Frankfurt. He was a yekin. And then later on, he got a rabbonus in Hungary, but he wasn't Hungarian. And he always wanted to go back to Frankfurt. He was always hoping for a possibility. So on one occasion, he was talking, negotiating to go back to Frankfurt to get a rabbonus there. So when the Balabatim, so the Mamshik writes this. They don't have any other source for this information. Mamshik in that letter to his student writes over this story that uh, when the Balabatim and Pressburg heard about that, that he's going to leave them. So they pleaded with him, Rebbe, if you leave, the reform may win out and they'll convert the whole community to turn to reform. So that's what stopped the Nechsam Sefer from leaving his position in Hungary. So that's what the Mahamshit wrote, Ha'isik mitzvah potam and ha'mitzvah. Ha'isik in a mitzvah of fighting the reform. There's a different mitzvah. Paskan in Shailas and, and learning and giving shirim is a different mitzvah. So if you're busy doing one mitzvah, you're potter from the second mitzvah, and he quotes the Ritvon Sukkah, says, Anat Gemara, Oisik mitzvah, mitzvah. That is usher, to be mafsik from the first mitzvah, to do the second mitzvah. He says, you have to stay where you are, you're not allowed to leave. Well, that's what Absalvechik, when he used to speak from Mizrahi a lot, he was encouraging all the religious Jews to move to Eretz Yisrael. After Hakam Samadina, he was encouraging everyone to move. But then he said, but those who are in Rabbonis or in Chinuch, are fighting, are fighting assimilation, and fighting intermarriage, and they're not allowed to leave. And he kept, he would always say that, Marshal, the captain of the ship and the general in the army is not allowed to leave. So in my heart, I used to laugh to myself in my heart, what do you mean, captain of the ship and the general in the army? Then I saw it. that's the lotion that Rabchai Moise uses in his letter. That's what he says, that you're not allowed to leave. Moshe Feinstein has in his Chuvis an idea that Rapsalachik said also the same thing. There is a concept of a mitzvah kiyumis. The Nitziv, in his commentary on Chumash, at the very end of Chumash Vayikra, writes that when he came to learn the Valoshan, I think he came before his bar mitzvah to learn the Valoshan, and then he married the daughter of the Rosh Hashida. She was a little older than him, but uh, I think she was older or something. But he married Rabitza Levalojan, his daughter. She was his, he was the son of Rabchaim Levalojan, the one who founded the Yishim. So he writes that when he came to Levalojan, uh, I think he says the Nachlas David was still alive, the Talmud of Rabchaim Levalojan. And he says, he said over the name Rabchaim Levalojan that the Vilna Gon really said what they quote in his name. He heard it from Rabchaim Levalojan, that even though the obligation to eat matzah is only on the first night, Laila Rishon Chayva, the obligation to eat matzah is only on the first night of Pesach. The rest of the days of Pesach, it's only Rishus. But it doesn't mean Rishus optional. It means it's a mitzvah, so Rishus. 
if you do eat matzah, you have a kiyam on mitzvah. There's such a thing as a mitzvah kiyumis, even though you're not mechayif to do it. So based on that, the mitzvah suggests a whole bunch of additional things that a mitzvah shushus. That's the, the mitzvah at the very end of uh, Vayikra. When he has the herchev done, he has footnotes, additional footnotes, he has a long arichas on that. There are those Tamir Chacham in our generation who say, you can't be, that's involved. There is no such thing as a mitzvah shushus. But uh, Chaim Alojan has said, the Vilna Gun said it about Matzah, and uh, it seemed added on to many Rabbis. So they actually had a lot of things that he thought were mitzvahs or shus. So both Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was a first cousin of Rabbi Soloveitchik's mother. Her maiden name was Feinstein. So they used to talk a lot with the, on the phone. They used to, uh, Rabbi Soloveitchik would always defer to Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. He was 10 years older than him. So they both have the same idea, which is very surprising. Um, that uh, the mitzvah to live in Eretz is only a mitzvah kiyumis, it's not a mitzvah kiyumis. And others are very surprised. Why should you say it's only a mitzvah kiyumis? If you move to Eretz you have a mitzvah, you're not mechayif to move. It doesn't seem like it from the Gemara. It says you have a right to divorce your wife. If she doesn't want to move you to, with you to Eretz it's only a mitzvah kiyumis, and you divorce your wife over that. You don't pay her ksuba because she's responsible for breaking up the marriage. The Pashtas wouldn't seem like that, but that's, they both thought like that. It's, uh, it's assumed to be a very big mitzvah. If you're going to move territory, you're going to be miserable, you're not going to be happy, then you're not mukhayif. Only if it's within reason. Let's say you're going to move territory and live off of charity. Here in America, I have, I'm, I'm licensed as a doctor, and I have covered malachim, and I make uh, $5 million a year. If I go move to Eretz Israel, I won't make a decent living, and I'll live in poverty, and I'll have to live off of charity. So that's not a mitzvah, to live under miserable circumstances. Oh, I fell in love with a girl, and she doesn't want to move to Eretz Israel, so I have to suffer with a broken heart. Or, let's say, he's, he wants to learn in the Torah center of the world, the Yeshiva University in Manhattan. <laughs> there are a million and one Yeshivas in Eretz Israel, but he only wants to learn in Lakewood, he only wants to learn whatever, I'm unsee, so he... So look, even though there are thousands of yeshivas in Hesel, the Mara said, Lil Matar Valisa, you should be permitted to move to Chutzlah. So you're not going to be happy. To be miserable in Eretzel is not a mitzvah. If it's approximately the same. I remember once, I tell this story, I remember once I, was, I spoke for the OU for, for many years. I think over 20 years, I used to, every year, the OU used to have Yomid Dekali, Yomidi Kali between December 25th and January 1st in Los Angeles. And then after many years they changed it, so they only had a weekend. Instead of having a whole week, a lot of people take off from work, a lot of people don't have graduate school. They don't go to school between December 25th. So we used to have a whole week of Shurim or a weekend. So, uh, so I remember on one occasion I spoke there, and then right away I had to take a plane to go back to New York, that it was going to continue. LL plan was going to go to Eretz So I was going to visit all the yeshivas in Eretz for Wayu, for the purpose of recruitment. So I saw someone was in the business section in the front. He went to use the washroom in the back. He looked very familiar. I didn't remember exactly how from the yeshiva. And uh, he was wearing, um, um, he was wearing, what do you call them? Um, jeans. He's wearing jeans. And he's wearing uh, sneakers, and he didn't have any socks on. So when he, when he came back, when he was walking back to his seat in the business section, he stops by my, hi, Reb, how are you? He was in my shear, uh, must have been over 50 years ago. Then it was uh, 20 years before. 
So I didn't remember. So I said, what do you do for a living? He tells me he's a radiologist. He used to be a radiologist in a hospital in Los Angeles. It could be his son is here in the audience. I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, so he tells me he's a radiologist. He used to make $2 million a year. I can't count so high. Two million a year. So he decided, has a family, married, has a family. He picked up and he moved to Eretzel. He, he bought a home where all the poor people live in Savion. Apparently that's a very poor section in Eretzel. And he only makes a half a million dollars a year. His wife cannot get used to living in poverty. Never. He only, I can't count. Half a million dollars. I can't count so high. So I was gonna, I was gonna give my five dollar donation to my pair of socks. So he says he came back to Los Angeles to get back his job in the hospital because he can't get used to his wife can't get used to living. But so that's ridiculous. <laughs> if you can, if you're living in Arizona, it's gonna be miserable. So then there's no mitzvah. But if it's, you can either choose to live here or there then you should choose to live in Eretz Yisrael. A lot of Americans, Rabbi Simcha Cook, who passed away uh, recent uh, years, Simcha Cook used to say to the Americans, the Americans are very tamimistic, and a lot of times Americans, mean Lushem Shemayim, they come to Eretz Yisrael, and they fall in with their children. They don't know where this witch yeshiva to send their children, and they lose their children. The children in Eretz Yisrael, you have to know how to raise children there. And a lot of times they lose them. They, they, the children fall in with the chilonim. There's no mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael at the expense of all the other mitzvahs in the Torah. The Gemara says it's a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael, even Ir Sheruba Nochrim, as opposed to living in America, Ir Sheruba Yisrael. But that's only by Medvah Momram, the Ir Sheruba Nochrim, that'll be a little uncomfortable. But you'll raise your children as religious Jews. But if it's going to be an issue with raising the children, that's not a mitzvah to move to Eretz Yisrael. Flamek Kluger was a major Poisek years ago. Uh, he, he had a grandson named Flamek Kluger, named after the grandfather, who abridged over a thousand chulis, and he put them in a little book that's called Ha'elef Shloma. Shlomo Kluger's chulis are usually a few pages long. And here, the grandson picked out the one paragraph that was the punchline of every chulis, sometimes two, two paragraphs, but he has over a thousand chulis in one volume. So he has a Shaila. There was a couple that was married, and the husband was never successful in business. They live in Galicia. So friends of the husband recommended he should move to Eretz Yisrael, and he'll be able to make a better parnasa there. So he tells his wife he's moving to Eretz I said, what are you, crazy? All the children, all the grandchildren live in Galicia. I don't want to live in Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to divorce you, and I'm not going to pay you the exuba. So they went to Absalom Kluger to argue out the case. So Absalom Kluger said he's wrong. That, that Mishnah, that uh, if the wife doesn't want to go to Eretz Yisrael, the husband does. He has a right to divorce and not take suit. That's if he wants to go to Eretz Yisrael for the sake of the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Here he wants to go for Parnassah. He's not, uh, he's not his, his motivation was not religious. His motivation was Parnassah. He thought that Chalam is going to make more money there. So he says, if that's the case, he's not doing the mitzvah Lishma. And the only time you can do, it's a sin to divorce your wife. He was married to the wife of somebody who's that grandchild. So it's chatei b'shul shetiske. You're allowed to violate a small aver if you're going to gain a lot. But that's only chatei b'shul shetiske. It's only if you're doing the mitzvah l'shma. Here where he's not doing l'shma, it wouldn't be permissible. So just in review, 
it would appear that everybody agrees that there is a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael if it's within reason. If you're going to live in Eretz be miserable, but if it's reasonable, then there certainly is a mitzvah. The mitzvah, the Shleimusa, is to accomplish something in Eretz to teach people, or to pave highways, or to make buildings, or to make security, or to have a farm, or to, 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 to do something. Yishavar, it's not yeshiva, but it's a yishavar. And that mitzvah is more bishle musa if Eretz Yisrael is under Jewish control. Because that's where it says in Chumash, Baharashtim Mesoris, Vishaftim Bo. When it's under, uh, the Achreinim pointed this out before 1948, way before in the 1800s, they say the mitzvah of Bishle Musa, to live in Eretz Yisrael, is if you have it, it's under Jewish control. And you're accomplishing something to improve the economy or to improve the situation. But today, it is under Jewish control, and there's a lot that all of us can accomplish. We really all have a mitzvah. We should all consider this seriously. A mitzvah to live in Eretz Israel. Thank you.